Hello and welcome to the Codex Prime Podcast. We are on episode 254 and it is Tuesday, September 21st, 2021. I am your host, Victor Omoyo. And with me as always is my co-host and social media chair, Carl Bird. What's happening, everybody? Yes, and joining us live in the Zoom studios all the way from Seattle, he is the comic book collector extraordinaire. Uh, party people, please give it up for Fernando Espina, a.k.a. Bird Bird the Nerd. Welcome, sir. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a pleasure, you know, you know, and I, I know Carl's uh Carl says that you've been a been been a been a fan of our show and he's wanted you on the show for a while too and you know we're excited to have you here. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah. Man, listen, this dude is so cool. Like he pr- like the comic book white that I uh, reviewed. Yeah. Send it. He's the one who sent it to me. Wow. And I'm um, and for number three. Nice. Based off the cover. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we'll definitely uh, talk talk comics. We'll talk like nerd stuff. Like you know how we do on the on the Codex Prime podcast. Get a little little bit of movies, a little bit of video games, a little bit of TV, a little bit of little sprinkles of uh, all all things nerd culture. Um, so yeah, you know we'll we'll get into the proceedings. Uh, you know, Furbird, uh, how are how are things in your world? How's how's life treating you? Oh yeah, like I was saying to you guys earlier, um, just trying to keep busy. Um, uh, like, you know, work's pretty, you know, pretty, uh, I wouldn't say stressful, but, you know, kind of working from home, it's a different adjustment. Um, I would say, you know, comic book collecting is, it's kind of my, uh, it's kind of my escape from just the stress and, and, you know, like looking for that new story or like, you know, that new comic book that's hot and, you know, investing in it or flipping it for like, you know, 10 times what you pay for it. Um, it's been, it's been pretty, uh, pretty fun for me to, uh, pretty fun hobby for me lately for sure. And I get to meet awesome people on on the way as well, so um, it's 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 a good thing for sure. Indeed, yeah. And uh, and wh- how long have you been collecting comics? Um, yeah, so I I you know I, I collected comics at a pretty young age, um, kind of mid nineties. Um, the first book I ever really read, like on an ongoing basis, was probably uh, the Witchblade and the Darkness. I don't know if you guys remember those, but old Top Cow imprints, Mark Silvestri. Um, and then uh, Battle Chasers was kind of my big one. It's a Joe Madeira late 90s comic. Um, and then I kind of escaped it for a little bit. And 2016 is when I kind of came back and just I just started picking stuff up. Um, and, and, you know, lately just with, with COVID and watching YouTube channels and whatnot, I really got serious into it. Uh, I would say the past couple of years, probably like, December 2019 is when I really started to pick it up again, start buying stuff on the regular. Mm. Okay. So how many comics do you have? Oh, man. Uh, I'd say, you know, I go through phases. Um, I Right now, I probably have about 10 long boxes uh, throughout my tiny little apartment. Um, I probably have 200 graded comic books. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Um, <laughs> at home, like not at CGC right now. Um, but yeah, you know, I kind of go through like this thing, uh, where, you know, if I, if I'll go through my, I'll go through my books and it's like, you know, if I, if I don't, um, if I read a, a series in a long time or I'm kind of like, yeah, I didn't really like that comic book. I'll throw up on eBay for a penny and just like, you know, just basically like ship it out just to get, get it just kind of clean up, you know, do a little spring cleaning every once in a while. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, that's, that's pretty much kind of my collection as of right now. 
I do that. Yeah, spring cleaning my comics is something I do not do. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have a uh, collector app. It's um, yeah, it's an app that just basically like keeps your uh, inventory going. And yeah. I am currently up to yeah, you just scan it. How's you go? I am currently up to twelve hundred and ninety-five. Wow. Oh man. Probably more than that's a that's probably about double more than me. Yeah, for sure. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just said ten long boxes and two hundred graded. I probably only have about ten, like ten or twelve graded. Oh, okay. I need to send you some more, then, man. I need to send you some more. <laughs> Listen, I will not say no, especially with graded <laughs> comics. All right. All right. Cool. Cool. For sure. And, and also, it appears that we have our second guest about to join us here. He's in the in the waiting room. We're about to admit him in right now. The Ninth Wonder. All right. Ninth Wonder. Welcome, sir. Yo, what up? <laughs> Sorry, man. It took me a minute to uh, get here, but... It's all... That's the life when you've got kids and things of that nature. <laughs> uh, trust me, I, under, I, I understand completely. <laughs> so, yeah, Bird, yeah. Bird, what's up, man? What's up, Night Wonder, man? It's been a, it feels like this is like a long time coming, man. This is this is what the community is all about, for sure, man. I'm yeah, buying man. all these books for you, man. I, I, I'm, there's so many CDC right now, you know. But, uh, yeah, it's been a long time meeting you, bro. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited. Yeah, man. I, uh, I need to get your own cover picks, man. Uh, I hit you up and asked you if you had a, a camera. And, and, Mike, what you on your cell phone right now? Yeah, I'm on my cell phone. Yeah. Yeah, you can, yeah so you can do it from your cell phone with the technology that, that we have now. A few years ago, yeah. that really wasn't viable. But now, you know, you can you can do it from your cell phone and whatnot. Yeah, so, man. Yeah, it makes it easier to do things like this. Um, even a few years back, man, like three, four years ago, me and my buddy had a podcast um, or what a YouTube show, whatever you want to call it. And it was so much more difficult than it is now. But with all the different Zoom, StreamYard, all the different things we have, it's like so much easier. And I think that's a part of the reason why we're seeing such a growth in the comic book community because you got so many more people that are able to, to create content because it's a lot easier to create on the technology side than it used to be, you know. Yeah. And you still got some guys who make, I know it's like old school style videos, which you can tell they like set up a camera and record it and that's it. You know, they don't really do any live shows or anything like that. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know, but it's the whole way people used to make content on YouTube. But now having StreamYard and Zoom where you can have multiple people link up and just kind of talk and jump in and out at any given time, it makes it so much easier than how things used to be, you know, where it was like a whole production, just trying to get one video up to you. Right. Up to you right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, just let me know, man. Love it. So, Ninth Wonder, now that you know you made it, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, y'all, give me one second. Let me hardwire into um, my computer right quick. I forgot to I forgot to hook my Ethernet up, so I know I'm kind of chopping up. So give me one second, all right? All right, no problem, no problem. So, 
as we keep moving, I kind of already lost track of what it is. So, you know what? What's everybody reading right now? Oh, man. Uh, man, I, I haven't read anything. I haven't read any comics in a, in a while. Um, since the well, since the uh, pandemic started, like I used to go to my uh, neighborhood uh, comic book store, which was down the street. But since the pandemic, I just stopped uh, completely. Um, but the last the last set of comics I've read, uh, it was uh, Tom King's uh, uh, run on Batman uh, for DC. Um, I think it was like issue. I want to say issue 85 was his final ep- was his final uh, issue, I believe. And then I switched writers. I think it was sh- I switched to James Tynion. Um, I could be wrong. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah, that yeah. like like the Batman run was the last uh, bit of a uh, set of comics I read, along with uh, Catwoman. I like the first 15, 16 issues. Um, and then it was uh, the last uh, the the last uh, issues all for now of Saga. For image comics and which we're still waiting for the he's, return he's writing it right now excellent it's being written right now oh for real nice. yes there you go yes yeah. oh i can't wait for that one to come. yeah all right so, yeah. you good now yep yeah clear. much yep. better all right sorry about that man i had to had the hard wire <laughs> uh all right so you were asking me a question before i started uh breaking up yeah, I was just asking, you know, just uh, tell, you know, ask you to tell the good people about yourself and where you're from and what you, oh, you know, right, what well, you do. All right, so my name is Ian, uh, but I go by the Ninth Wonder in the comic book community. Uh, I'm from, I'm from Texas. Um, I've been reading comic books for forever, uh, but I got into more serious collecting over the past year. Before, I would just buy books, read them throw them in a box, not really collecting for value sake or anything of that nature. I wasn't pressing books or getting books graded, none of, nothing of that nature. Uh, one day uh, during the pandemic when I was at home every day, I just started looking up some of my old books, kind of like, oh, you know, let me go back and read some old stories. And one thing led to another, and I kind of went down that internet rabbit hole of looking up the value of, of different books that I had. And I was surprised that some of them had jumped way up in value. And so I was like, well, maybe I should sell them on eBay and I can go to the comic shop and buy some more books that, you know, that I want to read or buy some trades. So one of the first books I looked up was this book right oh, here. Man. Yes. Um, the Miles Morales hip hop variant. And, uh, I was like, well, nine eights in this book go for a lot of money. So <laughs> I was like, man, I'm not sure if this is a nine eight. So I started looking it over and I was like, well, I don't see anything wrong with it, you know, and I started looking up like, well, what is a nine point eight comic book? And I was like, Oh man, this might be a nine eight. But then the corners on it, the corners on it don't look that great, but Fortunately, most grading companies don't hit you too hard, you know, on the corners of the book. But right. um, I ended up sending this in for grading, and it came back. Um, it came back a nine eight. Uh, so that kind of just it just kind of spiraled, you know, from there. And I was, you know, I was gonna sell this book, but I actually had some sentimental value tied into this book. Um, so I was like, man, you know what? I'm gonna hold. I'm gonna hold on to it. And then from there, I started picking up. I started picking up 
a bunch of raw books and just trying to find books in the best possible condition. So like all through the pandemic, a lot of the comic shops were still open in Texas, but not mm-hmm. many people were trying to go out and hunt for books. And I ended up getting a lot of good books, a lot of good modern spec books. And for me, that was, you know, my, I didn't really have any goal, you know, with, with picking up these spec books. It was just something extra to pick up while I was at a comic shops buying books to read. You know, when I was buying rum fillers and stuff like that, my idea was just kind of like, okay, if I buy these modern spec books that's hot and I sell them, that's just more money so I can actually buy comic books and trades to read. That's the right. only reason I was buying books. So I would just sell books on eBay here and there. Um, and then whatnot came along and that's like when things like totally flipped for me because it was kind of like, okay, now I really need to ramp up the rate I'm getting books graded at. You know, now I really need to ramp that up a little bit more. And that's when I started, you know, paying more attention to the condition of all of my books, seeing what was worth getting graded and what wasn't worth being graded. And it's, man, like really more so than anything, what not kind of changed, you know, my entire perspective on how I handle, how I handle comic books in, in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, my show Cover Picks, um, just that, you know, paying attention to books that are on FOC, uh, trying to get as much information about those books, you know, before the FOC cutoff date. So I can try to deliver people accurate information on why they should be ordering books. You know, that helped change a lot of what, of you know, my, my why in collecting comic books. So this, this whole year has been kind of crazy for me because this is just something I went from doing in my spare time to like almost a full-time job with all the different commitments that I have uh, within the comic book industry because I got to appear on Drink and Chat. I got cover picks. I'm about to start writing an article for CBSI. Uh, I got stuff that I'm doing for whatnot. Um, of course, Tales from the Flip Side. Um, I've always been affiliated with Tales from the Flip Side, but they just added me to their prospect uh, 10 list. So a, a lot going on as far as, you know, the comic book community is concerned, you know, on my behalf. But now I'm just trying to, you know, Put, I'm just trying to put my name out there as much as you know, as much as possible, so I can become one of the more respected people in the comic book community, and you know, have my voice and opinion heard more when it comes to different issues that really matter to me within comic book collecting. Because the number one thing I feel right now is that we got a lot of people that are new to comic book mm-hmm. collecting that are getting bad information or secondhand information that's not necessarily accurate or truthful, and I just kind of want to be a spearhead to kind of like push that narrative of truth and honesty within comic books. Right. So what is a website that you use to uh, get your, uh, uh, like your uh, account for a, a truthful comic book price guide? Um, so this is something that I'm working on and I don't want to give too much information about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm in, I'm into data. I'm into analytics and one of the things I pay attention to is not what a book is selling for, but how often a book is selling within the first, within a certain price point. Because if you see a book uh, sell one time for $1,000, just because it's mm-hmm. sold one time for $1,000 doesn't mean it's worth that much. Right. If I'm in the middle of a desert and you have a, a bottle of water, I'm going to pay way more 
than I would normally pay for that bottle of water if I was standing in the middle of a grocery store that had a full aisle of bottles of water on it. So the way I look at it is like this. If a guy from Iowa hops on eBay and he sees a book that he hardly can find on eBay or that he can't find at his local comic shop because I'm just going to assume there are not many LCSs in the state of Iowa. Mm -hmm. And he says, you know what? I really like this character. I'm really desperate. I really want this book in a nine, eight. I'm going to pay a thousand bucks for it. All right. That was an individual decision. That doesn't mean that that's now the going rate for that book. What I look for more so is, is a consistent pattern on eBay of a book selling at a certain price point. So, and I kind of average it out, like a great book to use, for example, is Miles Morales' Ultimate Fallout 4. His undisputed first appearance, there's no convoluted, oh, well, that could be a cameo, or first, it's his first appearance. Right. Full, it, no, no debate about that, right? So we can look at that book in from 9.8, 9.6, raw. The sales is consistent of, around, around that book. Now, if you ask me the value of a... Of a 9.8 in that book, I would say about $2,500. Now, some days you will see that book sell for less than that on eBay, but there's a lot that plays into that. What time of the day did the auction end? Did it end midweek? Did it end on a Friday? Um, what month was it? Was it a December? Was it around Christmas? Was it in mm -hmm. June? You know, that all of that plays a difference into, into, the, into the data. So, what I try to look for before I say a book is worth anything is a consistent pattern of this book selling at a certain rate. Right. And then I just take some common sense into it. So, for instance, a book that I had a little debate about with somebody today on Instagram was Invincible Iron Man number nine, the, um, the uh, Age of Apocalypse variant. Um, it's one right now that's up for about $5,000 on close to $5,000 on the bid. And I said, Crazy. there's no way that that book is worth $5,000 because if you think about it, you can get an Ultimate Fallout 4 for about $5,000. You can get an Ultimate Fallout 4 second print for about another $1,000. And you can get an uh, Ultimate Fallout 4 second print variant um, for anywhere from seven to 700 bucks to mm -hmm. 800 bucks. So less than five thousand dollars, you can buy all three of the first, all three of the first printings of Miles Morales' first appearance, or you can spend five thousand dollars on a variant of the second appearance of Riri Williams. It doesn't make sense if you compare it to like, let's say, buying a car. Okay, if I had a brand new car that was worth twenty, that was worth twenty thousand dollars, right? I got this brand new car. It's worth $20,000. That car, okay, it has an FMV on it, $20,000. It's, it's set by the manufacturer, right? You can go and compare it to other cars with similar features to that. And if you had a bunch of cars that had better features than this one car for $20,000, and those cars were half the price or a third of the price, you wouldn't go buy that car for $20,000. You would go buy the car for a third of the price right. that had all the same features. And in some in, in some in some perspectives, the, the features are even better. 
Now I'm going not going to debate is Miles a better character than Riri because I think they're both equally great. But you have to make it make sense into where this number nine second appearance of Riri Williams variant is worth five thousand dollars, and all three of Miles's the first print, the second print, and the second print variant that's not worth five thousand dollars right now on eBay. Then when you go back and look at the sales history on this second on this um, second appearance of Riri variant, there's not a lot of sales data on it, which means what? The market can be easily manipulated on it. Or you have people spending money on that book that are in a completely different tax bracket to where the $5,000, $3,000, $4,000, it doesn't mean anything to them. But guess what? That's a small percentage of the buyers when it comes to comic books. Normal guys like us, we're going to be more conscious about the money that we spend on a book. So what that means to me is, is that I think more about how liquid a book is. If I buy a book and eBay is sold for $1,000 a couple of times, I guarantee you most of those books like that, you can sit them on eBay and they will sit there for months before you even get an offer on it. So, yeah, the, you can say that book is worth X amount, but I guarantee you, if you go to a con, that book is probably not going to sell over a three to four day, four day con. That book is probably going to sit right there on your, on, the, on your wall at eBay prices. I just came from a con, a big con, Fan Expo in Dallas. A lot of books that people are saying are hot. They were sitting on those walls and prices lower than eBay. We got thousands of people coming through this door who paid just about a hundred dollars just to get into the, the two fan expos. Right. So if these, it's not like the people are broke. It's not a matter of money. They spend it hundreds of dollars to get autographs from Donnie Cates. They spent hundreds of dollars to get autographs from James Tiny. They spend it hundreds of dollars to get, what is that? <laughs> um, to get autographs from these celebrities. So it's not a matter of, oh, they just didn't have the money. No, these people have the money. They're young professionals who have the money to spend on what they want. I'm looking at the type of people that's digging through the same boxes as me. It's guys around my age or younger. I can tell by what, they, what they're what they wearing, the way that they carry themselves. They're not broke. It's not a money. It, uh, most people that are in comic books right now, are not what I would call broke. And if we are broke, it's because we're spending our money on books. So my thing about it is, is that if a book is really worth something, you are going to see a consistent trend of it selling. That's why I always say, buy beware on these books that people say are worth $5,000, $3,000, $4,000, and you have a very limited history of sales on eBay or any other secondary marketplace that you will be able to find that book on. So that's the way I evaluate my books. I have to have proof of of this book selling and this book commanding a certain a certain price. If I if I can't figure that out between all the different platforms that we have, if I can't see a consistent a consistent sale history, then I'm I'm not buying the book. But that's another thing about me. I really don't buy books that are already at what I feel are like the peak. I books yeah. I buy books that have potential to grow so right if i'm okay if i can get a book raw and i think it's a nine eight and i can do some work to it to get it to a nine eight and then i can get it graded then yeah 
I I probably pay like the highest raw price that you could pay for a book, but I'm not buying a book that's like I'm not buying the Ultimate Power Lab Four for twenty five hundred dollars. It's gonna take years for me to see a return on my investment there. That's just hustling backwards. Right. I would rather take losses buying raw copies off of eBay and then seeing if I can possibly get two nine eights out of that. But that's just my way of thinking. I don't yeah. expect the average consumer to to have that have that same yeah. train of thought. All right. So right. What, so what was the what's the most that you have spent on a raw comic? And this for this is for everybody. Oh man! Um, so, I'm gonna show y'all a couple of different examples. Oh, man, uh, he has a raw saga number one graded. Now, can you define? <laughs> can you define what a raw comic is? A uh, comic that's not graded. Okay. I think I got one. Oh no! You know what? Uh, I, I got I got an answer for you. I I, I got two. I I I'll got I got one actually here. Let me let me grab it real quick. Uh, All right, so uh, Avengers number one, first America Chavez. I spent two hundred dollars on this because the shop that I bought it for said it was a nine six, and I looked at it. I said, "Look like a nine eight to me." Um, you said that to yourself, was, right? <laughs> you said, "What's that?" I said, "You said that to yourself, right?" <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Yeah, it looks like a nine eight to me." In my head, that's what I'm thinking. But most, if, if a shop is reputable and they're and they're reliable and if they're reasonable, they're not gonna say any book is a nine eight. You're right. always gonna go nine four nine six because you don't want to be like, oh, it's a nine eight all day all day, and then somebody send it in to get graded and then come back a nine oh. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Then, and if yeah. so, if a shop is saying something is a nine eight, nah, I'm not buying that book because I, I don't I don't trust you. Um, but I paid 200 for that raw mm. because I knew, okay, if it comes back to 9.8, at that time, the book was going for $1,000. I think it's going for more than that now. I don't know. I don't check the prices of my book daily. Um, I paid 180 for this, but I got it on a sweetheart deal from a friend. Um, Ironheart number one, 150, uh, Jim Bartell variant. Yeah. The main reason I like this book is because she got a pair of Air Jordans on, <laughs> sitting on top of a on top of an armor, so this was like a a, a, a nice, yeah. a nice. Uh, Mel had me on that book like a year ago, and I couldn't pull the trigger at fifty bucks, man. But he had me on that book a year ago. Crazy man, that, that, <laughs> no. that was worth it. But one eighty on that, but I knew it would be worth. I knew it would be worth it. Um, this book, uh, the Bradshaw variant, uh, for the first appearance of Sam Alexander. I like that. Uh, I bought this from Dennis Barger. It was graded at 9.4, but it was an older CBS, CBCS slab where if it was a lower grade and mm-hmm. they knew why I got a lower, and obviously they know why it gets a low grade, but if it was a fixable defect, they put like a circle in a check next to the grade so that you could go, so it would let you know, hey, go look on the website at the graders note so you can see what's wrong with it and fix it. Um, I think I want to say this book goes for like four or five hundred bucks. Yeah, I think I got it from Dennis for like around 130, 140 or something like that because I knew I could crack it, press it, get it back in the nine eight, and that's exactly what it what it came back as. Um, beautiful wraparound cover, and this character hasn't even hit the MCU yet, hasn't even got a good rumor going that he's going to be in the MCU, 
So I felt like it's a lot of potential to grow with this book. Even at me buying, even with a high buy-in price, it's a lot of potential to grow. Uh, Moon Girl number one second print. I got this nice. for like one eighty from Dennis Barger. Um, you know, Dennis said it was a nine eight, so I trusted them on that, and it came back to nine eight. That's like a, a seven eight hundred dollar book right now, I think. I think I um, have that. My favorite, my favorite, my favorite yeah. type of buys are the buys like this. Um, Spider Manga, uh, Manga vs Spider Man number one. Ooh. I found this for two dollars at a shop, just digging through back issue bins. Uh, had a buddy of mine, Chris from Slab uh, uh, pressed this out, uh, sent it in for same day grading, and it came back. To, it came back to nine eight. Um, mm -hmm. no, this is a book where I would say there's no consistent sales history on it. If you look on eBay, it's a few copies up for like seven, eight hundred dollars, a thousand bucks. Um, yeah. all copies are pretty, are pretty high. Um, not a lot of sales history, but I know this is going to be a pretty hard book to find and I'm only $2 plus grading in. So I'm like 30 bucks into it, you know? So if I can sell this for six, seven hundred dollars, I'll be over the moon but if it turns out not to be nothing what am i what am i at 30 bucks like it's no it's no big deal but if we ever see this mm -hmm. guy in a, into the spider-verse movie i know this book is gonna is gonna skyrocket so this will be my preferred investment you know when it comes to you know buying comic books and flipping this is a book like this will be my first preferred investment low buy-in um high return, but, you know, these other books where I had a little bit of a higher buy-in spending in, you know, o over $100, you know, $200 range, yeah, it, you know, it's always it's always a gamble, so you gotta be pretty accurate with it, but I say the most I would be comfortable on spending on a raw book is about $200, and that's if the book has a reliable sales history through any other any other reliable um, selling selling apps that we that we have out here. Right. So I, I just wish that only thing I would say is I wish that more um, platforms would be kind of transparent in what their what their sales data, so we can see a little bit more and kind of peel that curtain back a little bit and you know get a better idea of what of what some of these books are worth. Right. What about what about you, Ferd? Oh, I got I got a few actually. Uh, uh, I'm trying to find the one I got off ninth. I paid like 45 bucks for a She-Hulk last uh, last issue of She-Hulk from him. Uh, but I'm, I may send out CDC already. <laughs> um, <laughs> this uh, I got I got a Vengeance. This one I got I paid one one twenty five. So if people are out there like um, people always talk about you know LCSs right? Yeah. And, you know, support, like, local and all that stuff, man, like, so there's a guy I go to in Berrien, and uh, Berrien's this little uh, town in, in uh, uh, South Seattle, and dude always hooks me up, because he knows I, I spend, like, pretty good money, um, yeah. but this book, you know, I mean, Raw's online go for, like, 350 now, and this is, a, it's in pretty good condition, I'm gonna press it and send it and see what I get, but it, like, like Knight was saying, um, you know, low buy-in, you know, high return, um, and then I also like to just, like, look at stuff that, like, just, like, kind of, like, you know, I don't care what grade I get. Um, so, actually, now that I think about it, so about, I think, yeah, 2019, um, when I started to really get back into collecting and stuff, um, so I'm Filipino, and uh, 
my my cousin, she sent me this article about um, this new Filipino character coming out. And she's like, yeah, there's a there's this comic book store in the Philippines, and they're doing this this cool cover by this guy named um, Miko Sayan. And I'm like, oh, I've never heard of him before. And I'm like, well, show me the cover. And so she's like, well, the book's like 200 bucks. And I was like, oh, that seems like a lot of money spent on a comic book, but Filipino, man, you know, you, you got, got to represent, right? So this is the book I bought. It's uh, New Ages of Atlas, number one. And it's signed by Miko Sayan. Oh, okay. And this goes for yeah, about a G, I think. Um, so, but this is like, this is like, I ain't getting rid of this thing. You know what I mean? Um, and actually she's from the region where my dad's from. So it's even more like, kind of like legit, you know what I mean? So that's, that's pretty dear to my heart. Um, and then I bought this Young Avengers number one raw for 200, pressed it and I got 9.8 out of it. Um, I'll probably keep this for a while. Um, but yeah, that, like kind of like when Knight was saying, like yeah, I, don't, I either like I'll spend like a pretty good chunk of money on something I really like. Um, uh, the the last book actually, I spent five hundred bucks on this book. This was just like dumb, but uh, it was a pretty clean copy of um, uh, Adam Legend of Blue Marvel number one. Have you guys read that book before? No, I haven't. But five. <laughs> yeah, man, I I was I. I went on like it was like a total like I don't care like I just want this book and it was like FOMO. There wasn't there. I mean, there's no trailer for it. Like it just I didn't know how much it was going for. And then I, when I saw the sales at the time, I was like, man, I want that book. But basically, it was written by the dude that wrote um, Underworld. I forgot the guy's name, but he's in he's in the movie. He's an African American guy, and he wrote this story in 2009. And it was basically about um, an African-American Captain America, but he was as smart as like, he's a, Blue Marvel is about as smart as Iron Man. Uh, he's got like a PhD from MIT and like all this stuff, right? Right. Um, and he fights in the Vietnam War. And, you know, he does his, you know, he, he like kicks butt and like he comes back home and the government tells him like, you gotta, you can't do that anymore. Like you can't be a hero because... America society won't accept you, and it's a it's a one through five mini series. Uh, I I I read it on the plane on the way to on a trip, and like I read the book like I read the whole series like five times. I just couldn't get enough of it. Wow. Um, it's super low print run. There's no variants on it. It's just first print. I think there's like seventeen thousand copies like on the census. That's why it's so rare or so expensive. Um, it was kind of one of those things, man. Just it just like it hit me. I don't know, man. Like it. It just, you know, it was like one of those things where, like, I don't know if the timing was just right or just. You just like, had to get it. Yeah, really good book. It was really it. well written, and I just had to get it. You know, I don't care. It's it's at CDC right now. Like, um, I I just kept it on me for a long time. I was like, I don't want to. I don't know if I want to like grade it, anything like that. But, um, yeah, it's one of those I'm just never gonna get rid of. I don't really care what grade it gets. I just wanna. I just wanna have it. So. Yeah. yeah. I would say, honestly, the most I've spent on a Raw comic was, um, obviously, I'm at Vic's house, so I don't have my collection with me, but it was yeah. the Inhumans. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I have the entire, I have every uh, hip-hop variant, except for except oh, okay. for the uh, Deadpool number two, with the which is the um, Vanilla Ice Flip. Oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. That's the only one I could find, and I was close to getting it. I was, like, probably one yeah. second. And then somebody beat uh, somebody outbid me at like the last second on eBay. 
And I was going I was willing to pay about almost three hundred for it. Jeez. Man, oh, yeah, yeah, that is very nice impressive book. to have all you so you got about a one hundred and forty five hip hop variants. Yes. I think it's one forty six in in the entire um in the entire variant set. It's only one other person I know that's even that close to having uh that many of the, the hip hop variants. I think he has all of them. Uh, Ultra Maximus has the, the complete the complete set. Um but yeah, man, that that's probably one of the harder things to do in comic book collecting is getting that complete um, hip hop variant set. Um, I was gonna try it, but I ain't gonna lie, I gave up early. I was like, no, nah, <laughs> not about a, to do it, Chief. It, it took me five. It took me five years. For, you're a crazy man for doing that, but mad respect for that. That's a huge. That's a huge. Even even though you're missing a book, that's a huge. A compliment, because here's the thing about it: that book will come. It's gonna the book you need. It'll it'll pop up at, at any given time. Yeah, you'll get it. Cause like if, now, if I see that book, I'm gonna take it straight to you. Be like, bro, I, I found the book. Here you go. I, I will so, glad I will gladly reimburse you for that one too. <laughs> That's why I always talk to people. Tell people what your collecting goals are. Yeah. Because w- w- once you show people, like, hey, this is what I'm invested in. Like, this is like. I'm serious about this character or I'm serious about this run or I want all of these variants. Like people will help you in this community work towards that goal, you know, and it doesn't have to necessarily be, Oh, here, let me give you this book. You know, even if they just say, Hey man, I found this book, you know, it's 40, you know, it's 40 bucks, it's 50 bucks. You want me to buy it for you? You reimburse it. Sometimes that can be a a better lifesaver than you wasting time getting on eBay every day to see if somebody posted this book, you know, for a price and condition that, that you want, um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, so much of the game now is speculating and I don't mind speculating because speculation helps me, you know, fund, fund my hobby. But at the same time, like you just have to have, you should, it should be fun at the, you know, at the, at the start, you know, it should, the first thing should be having fun, collecting what right. you like um, and talking, you know, more about, you know, you're like, hey, I'm really passionate about this run, or I want all of this, you know, this complete, you know, variant set. Um, like, I've been thinking about collecting the entire uh, Marvel 25th anniversary, um, all of those books in newsstand. I've been thinking about doing that, but it's like, man, I know that's going to be, like, super hard to get all of those in a newsstand. And me, I take stuff too far. So if I say I want all of those in a newsstand, it's going to be like, okay, I need all of them in a newsstand 9-8. <laughs> that's where it gets out of control and, and expensive. So I just been telling myself, yeah. nah, don't do that. Like right now, uh, the Miles Morales Spider Man run, I believe it's his fourth solo series, the current ongoing series of his. I want every book in that run, all of the ratio variants, all of the second printings, third printings, first printings, and I'm almost there. I'm almost there. A buddy of mine just gave me the number one, one in 25. So now all I need is the number one, one in 50. And then I need, um, he gave me the animation variant too, which was a one Oh, that's team. a close cover. Yeah. Actually, I got those yeah, because there's another, because what I'm working on now, even though I kind of took a, you know, sometimes you got to take a few breaks in between, was the, um, the Alex Ross. Oh, that's fire. Yeah, that's the one in twenty five, and then that's the uh, yeah, that was that's, that's filthy, the, man. That's the animation variant. So now I just need the one in fifty, and then 
uh, for number one, and then I need like some of the like second and, and third prints, but I know I'll be able to get those. And then I need like a couple of one in fifties that recently came out, but they pretty cheap. It's just I need to just bite the bullet and go ahead and buy those. And I had this entire run a hundred percent complete. And for me, it's an achievement type of thing, but it's also in the future, if I want to sell this entire run and I can say I have every book, every printing, every ratio variant, I can command a higher dollar. Because right. if somebody really wants that entire run, they're going to say, well, damn, here go a collection that got every book in there. I can buy that entire collection, take out the books I need and sell the rest and probably mm-hmm. come out ahead or, you know, or just as, or just as good. So. And then not only that, I have, do I have every book in there? I have some of them, multiples of them, and I even have some of them graded in, in nine eights as well. So that's been like, that's like one of my pride and, and joys right there because some of those books got like really expensive, like really fast. Yeah, like the, because what I'm working on right now was the uh, Alex Ross Timeless covers that he did. And I'm short about eight of them. Which is Daredevil 23, Excalibur 13, Hellions 5, Wolverine 6, Avengers 36, whew, Strange Academy 3, Immortal She-Hulk 1. Mm. And then there was the final one where he put them all to, all the characters together in one cover. Mm-hmm. Which is, that's the end. Which book was that? I couldn't even remember exactly. Oh, give me one sec. I can find Because I know I. Uh, Put it on my uh, eBay watch list. Uh, Hopefully it's still around. Actually, I can get rid of that. He's looking through his... uh, Yeah, I am. I am. Give me one. I'm gone, I'm gone. Yeah, I don't know how that goes. Oh, okay. Apparently, it's not available anymore. <laughs> <laughs> At least not on eBay. So I'm definitely like keeping. I'm definitely like keeping a lookout for it because I know it'll pop yeah. up. Because, like you said, you know, it'll pop up again. But yeah, there was the fight. Yeah, the final one had all the characters like lined up. I just cannot find which exactly one. Now I'm upset with myself. <laughs> That's another thing, too. Like, the timing, too. Like, if you just see it, sometimes it's one of those situations where you just kind of, like, you have to hop on it because if you don't get it, somebody else will. Right. So uh, that's one of, like, the important things. But, yeah, there's only, like, yeah, there's only a select few left. I'm going to find it, though, eventually. But yeah, and then there's also like the um, the onslaught series from the '90s that I was working on for oh, a while. Oh right, yeah. Which was because you know onslaught's gonna be coming back. Yeah, he's like a new. He's got like a new book coming out, right? Yeah, because I think yeah, right now they're going through the whole uh, trial of Magneto. Yeah. So yeah, it's not on eBay anymore, and I really missed out. Okay. But yeah, but yeah, that first uh, yeah that uh, humans number. four. Five. That was probably my most most that I spent, and that was only fifty. Mm. Um, graded three hundred was uh, my our local sure. our local comic shop. It was a uh, Walking Dead one hundred. 
the um, first appearance of Negan, the Todd McFarlane variant, and it was autographed by, uh, it was signed by uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I paid 300 for that one. Luckily, he has a layaway plan to, like, help us out. What about you, Vic? Uh, gosh, um, well, I, I did, I did have a question, um, since, um, like, so do you, so do you, uh, just purchase, like, uh, comics, and, and as a layperson, like, I, I've collected comics, I have a couple of long boxes, um, but I haven't gotten, gotten as far as, like, getting them graded, so, uh, yeah. so do you, so typically do you go, do you go to stores, and do you always look out for, like, like, newest issues of notable series, or even, like, um, like, limited runs, and you just, do you get, like, the, like, the first printings or second printings of those new issues that come out and do you send them out to get graded after a certain point or do you send them out right away or do you like buy buy two copies one to keep to read and one to get graded like what's the uh, general process uh i guess i'll i guess i'll go first uh like kind of my process is like you know um initially like it was kind of like oh i'm just gonna watch this youtube channel and like Oh, that seems like a good idea. I'll look for that book and maybe I can find it and I'll press it. What or uh, and I'll send it to get graded. That was just like rookie moves, you know. You don't. I didn't really know what I was doing. Like you know, whatever. And nowadays, like you, after you like buy a book, whether that be like a newer book um, or like an older book, um, you kind of know what to look for. So you try and always like try and get ahead of the game. I have a financial background, so like buying comic books and selling them for hire like kind of came natural to me. It's kind of like buying stocks, I guess, in a way. Mm. Um, but I guess, like for me, i I would use I used to I used to buy like newer books. Oh, that's that's tight. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's the cover right there. Yeah. Ooh, um, good luck finding that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I used to buy like newer covers. Let me see that um, cover again. Oh, uh, oh, this was. Here you go. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that before. That's dope. Yeah. Yeah. But go ahead, Ferd. Oh no worries. Uh, yeah. So I used to buy like newer covers, like ratios, like one in twenty-five, where I thought like, oh man, that's a pretty cool book, and that's like a nice cover. Um, but generally, and I, you know, I tend to get graded, but I found that wasn't really like a good way to like, I guess, flip a book so much. So generally nowadays, like I'll just like I'll look for like a back issue bin book for like four or five bucks, or you know like a like Avengers number one, you know first Prince America Chavez of like you know upcoming like MCU characters that I can look at and say like oh this is kind of like messed up, but I could probably press that into nine point eight, or like oh yeah this is a good this is in good condition. I don't even need to press it. I can just send it and get you know nine six or nine eight at least. Um, that's just kind of how I go about it. Um, of course you guys want like the highest rate of return and the best way you're going to do that is to find like kind of that diamond in the rough and then, you know, press it, send it in, get it back in four months and then, you know, either be able to wait on it until MCU, MCU news comes out or, you know, hopefully by the time you get it, like that new show comes out, that, that's kind of how I go about it. Yeah. A lot of times, yeah. A lot of times when, um, like when they make those announcements, like for instance, Shang Chi, who was you know somebody who was like a, a E list hero, yeah. but once they made the announcement that you know his that they're working on his movie, 
all of a sudden, the interest of that comic, his first appearance just skyrockets. Okay. So now that the movie is out and it was a success, like good luck trying to find good luck trying to find it. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Interesting. So it's like you kind of like time like for any like high profile like movie adaptations of like a comic or a character, you kinda of like time it out to like as far as like purchasing and great getting getting uh getting Yeah, ready. yeah, you could say so. A lot of that too is just like taking a chance. Like I know um as of right now, the Spider-Man uh, was it One More Day mm-hmm. comic. That's gonna be good. that's gonna be in high demand because the new Spider-Man movie that's gonna be coming out in December. That's the story that's gonna be based, like loosely based off of. Okay. So yeah. I know a lot of people are gonna a lot of people are looking for uh, looking um, for that one as well. The Into the Spider Verse that shot up immensely, mm. you know, due to the movie and. And one thing about the movies too, like they don't just set stay on um like one particular story. Mm-hmm. So like they're gonna so like they they usually put a combine about a good five or six stories and like elements of five or six stories into one. So then you end up wanting to do the research on that and trying to find those and then those end up being, you know, selling pretty much selling for a good pretty penny, like Eternals, for instance, you know they're gonna be. It's gonna be mostly based off of the uh, between the Neil Gaiman and the uh, original Jack Kirby run. Mm-hmm. So a lot of a lot of people are gonna be looking for those, especially the trades too. The trade for the Jack Kirby is going for about a good thirty five forty bucks. Mm-hmm. That I've been seeing in the store. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So a lot of that, at least from my perspective, you know, from my perspective, it's like a lot of it is just taking chances. You know, it's just if you hear, if you even remotely hear about an ad- an adaptation, just don't even think about it. Just pick it up. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of so, and and as you said, uh, 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 for it's it's kind of akin to like buying stocks, if you will, in a way. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Um, like, like back in or like I mean, I guess say like I always like look at like Ford, Ford kind of like you know things that will you know grow. Um, and I guess like for right now, like for me, like I'm looking at a lot of like the Southeast Asian characters, like first appearances, mm-hmm. um, like Black Widow number three, I think it is, um, first appearance of that Korean, um, Taguchi, I think is his name. Um, mm-hmm. that just came out like a few months ago. Um, there's a second print, uh, of, of that. I think, um, I, I, I bought a couple copies of those, um, uh, the book I showed you guys earlier uh, of Wave. Um, there's Amdeus Cho. Um, he's he's the new Hulk coming up. Uh, you know the MCU is going in that next phase, obviously, right? And so right. the concentration is going to go from those older characters to the newer ones. And you know, just thinking. I mean, Disney wants to make a big push into the Southeast Asia or the Asian markets in general. Um, but interestingly enough, there's a there's a really big community in Southeast Asia as well. And I didn't know that until just kind of reading about it. But it's pretty big. Man. And, I mean, there's a lot of money over there, too. So, you know, and there's a lot of people that are, you know, that are, like myself that are, live here. And so they they want that connection, right, to the MCU. And so they're just going to, you know, not pour money into it. But they're going to, you know, they're going to have more. There's going to be more money pouring into those those properties or those characters, I think. Mm-hmm. This is my view. 
Indeed. And they're good stories, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's the most important part. Man. Yeah, I, I always feel like the best way to invest in the comic books is to A, speculate, not necessarily speculate, but invest into invest into books while they're down. So like right now would be a good time to buy Ultimate Fallout Fours because they're going for less money than they were. Um, towards the beginning of the summer. Towards the beginning of the summer, going for like 3K, 498, and they're down to like 2,500. Um, another good way uh, to do it would be invest into characters that nobody's really paying attention to. Um, one character I like is um, Solo. Um, and the reason I like this character is because he doesn't require any CGI. He's a normal. He's a he's a mercenary. Um, so Marvel could easily put him into into a movie without having to spend a bunch of special effect special effects on on him right. because he's already he's just a he's just a, a guy. He's a mercenary. So when you look at these characters that require a lot of CGI, you have a less of a chance seeing them because. It's gonna automatically cost Marvel more money to put these characters into the movie. Also, when you look at characters who have huge story arcs in the comic books, it's gonna take more time to see these characters because you Marvel has to install more time into making sure that these characters fit into where the MCU is currently at and that they don't contradict any of the previous storylines. So you kind of have to slowly develop these characters and say, okay, like that's why they got the rights to the X-Men right now, but they just can't drop the X-Men in the MCU. It would yep. be so convoluted. Right. But a guy like Solo, they could put him into the Hawkeye series right now and nobody would question it because he's just a mercenary. Now, if they develop the character right, he could come end up becoming a fan favorite because he's mm -hmm. really not a hero. He's really not a villain. And people like those type of tweeners, anti-hero. You know what I'm saying? Like the right. guy that doesn't always do the do the right thing. People like those types of characters. Um, and right now, if you kind of look at it, Solo, his first um, his first solo his first uh, solo series um, is dirt cheap. You can find it in the dollar bin all day. If you kind of look at his last um, solo series, um, it's it's a dollar being book all day. His first appearance was in the Web of Spider-Man book, dollar book all day. So you can buy these really cheap, and even if you're only hunting down high grades, you can find these really cheap. Press them, clean them up if you got to, get them graded in abundance, and you can just sit on it. And it might take five, six years for that spec to break, but if it breaks, you're gonna be sitting pretty. And if it never and if it never really breaks, then what are you what are you out of? You know, a hundred bucks. You could probably buy those books in high grade, get them graded for around a hundred bucks. You probably spend a hundred bucks on fast food in a month easy. I know. Okay. I do. Don't eat no fast. Don't eat no fast food for a month. You got your money back. <laughs> right. You got your money back right there, and you made yourself a little bit healthier. It's all about your mentality and how you want to. Um, you you know you want to look at it you know but I do feel like you want to take risk but let it be low risk um, which is why I made my show cover picks 
which basically I just go over the um, FOC list every week and find mm -hmm. books that I think will be a good investment. Uh, and I'm going to show y'all a picture of Solo. So Solo, this is... Get a picture that's big enough to. Every website man is only loves to be difficult when it comes to these books. Yep. Um. All right. So this is his first solo series. See if y'all can see that. It's not really yep. a good picture, but that's his first solo series. Right. Um. Trying to get a bigger picture than that, but. And then his second solo series came out. I want to say around 2014 or. Something like or something like that. And you can find these books cheap all day long, man. You can find these books cheap all day long. Like so cheap it's ridiculous, especially for it to be a number especially for it to be a number, you know, a number one. Um but that's a that's a better that's a better picture right there. But right. that's his first that's his first uh solo series from the Marvel Marvel now. As you can see, he's just a guy with a bunch of guns. The thing I like about it is his outfit isn't too exaggerated, so they can pretty much mm -hmm. get this guy on screen and have him look in the exact same way he looks in comics because his mm -hmm. outfit is already made for modern for modern times, you know? You, yeah. And to me, he kind of reminds me of like a G.I. Joe character, you know? He's just a guy that specializes in a lot of things that makes him dangerous. And I feel like that's somebody they could turn into like a really cool character. And you can buy those books for so cheap right now. Another modern mm -hmm. spec I like is um, Avengers AI. It has the first appearance of Monica Chang um, in the in the Marvel 616 universe. There is a Marvel Ch um, uh, Monica Chang in the Ultimate Marvel universe. Uh, but her first 616 appearance is, is in Avengers AI number one. And she's just... Mm -hmm. She's a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, you know, and easy spec. If they wanted to put her in a the movie, they could drop her in right now, and they wouldn't have to do a bunch of explaining and backstory. You know, they could just drop the character in, no CGI required. It's easy for Marvel to put her in, but if she got announced for a TV show or movie, her book would, it, for, based on the price of where it's at now, it would probably go 10x. It would probably go 10 times the price of what is selling her first appearance is selling for right now, and not only is she the first appearance in there, but there's the first appearance of several characters in there. But all you need is one of those characters to get announced for a project, and the book is going to go up probably 10 times in price from where it's currently at. So that's what I try to look for, either characters that are really simple to plug into a Marvel movie, or books that have multiple first appearances in it, because... You yeah. don't need everybody to go into a project. You only need one of them to go mm -hmm. into into a project. So that's just really simple stuff that, that I do. And then even some things are like layups. Like a book I think right now that everybody is overlooking, that's like an obvious book that everyone should be buying, is Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number two. Why? Because her first appearance is in Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number one. Again, I like that book a lot because it's not a convoluted first appearance. We know exactly, hey, it's not no first cameo, no first full. This is her first appearance, undisputed, hands down, all day. Okay, book number two is her second appearance. When people priced out of the first appearance, what do they do? They get the second. Second appearance, you, yep. Yeah, you could buy ten of those second, 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 second number twos right now. Get them graded at CGC. 
and you was you probably maybe would spend what a number one nine eight would cost. You probably would spend that, but people would probably pay anywhere between one hundred to one hundred and fifty dollars for that number two. And if the cartoon turns, if the Moon Girl cartoon turns out to be really good, and God forbid if we got her in the MCU, number one and number two are going skyrocket in price. The book is going to skyrocket yeah. in price. So it's kind of like, just keep it simple. You don't have to go out and buy a Hulk 181. That's You're not a good speculator if you go out and buy a Hulk 181. You just have a lot of money. Or you're very foolish with your money, so you went out and bought a Hulk 181. That's not... Mm-hmm. It, if you think about it, how long is it going to take you to see a real return on that investment, on that Hulk 181? Mm-hmm. Now, if you just buy one because that's a rarely yours and you just want it to sit on a wall somewhere in your house... Go for it. But if you're talking about making wise investments and speculating, it's a really easy way to do this. You don't go have to go out and spend $100, $200 on a raw book, try to press it, send it off to grading, and hope that it comes back. And that's one thing I love about this game. There's so many different ways that you can be a good speculator and a good collector. You know, it's mm-hmm. just so many ways. Yeah. 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 Any, any, any additional uh, thoughts? I mean, ninth always hits on the nail, or hits nail on the head, man, for sure. Um, no, I hear him on that second appearance stuff. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, ninth really does a good job of explaining, like, you know, you don't have to get a first appearance on a book to, like, because I, I have friends that ask me, like, hey, you know, I want to get into the, you know, speculation and like comic book investing, and um, I had a buddy, he he he's an Amazon guy, and He's like, should I get a Miles Morales Ultimate Fallout 4? I'm like, I mean, I can't tell you that's a good investment long term because I just don't feel comfortable. I mean, it's so high. It's so expensive. 2500 bucks is your first, you know, book to buy. I mean, it seems kind of foolish, you know. But, um, he, you know, I just told him, I was like, man, just read stuff. And then just, you know, like get on your Kindle and like read just like, you know, characters you know of. Um, I, think a lot of, I think a lot of times people just, you know, we live in this society of like, they just want the answer to stuff or they want like, like the post-it notes, you know? Um, or nowadays I feel like I, I've always read books, um, you know, to T, but like, I find myself more so like, like reading a lot more into detail. And like, I was reading the Young Avengers uh, series earlier and Young Avengers one, obviously that's the one you want to have, but um, like two and three and six, I want to say four. I'm kind of got random. Um, read the books, man, because like there's there's references to Cassie Lane in there, who's you know she's going to be part of. The, she's already in the MCU, basically. Yeah. Um, she just isn't a character yet. Um, Iron Lad's in there. I mean, there's going to be a ver- you know uh, Kane's going to be a variant, uh, or all the Kane variants are going to come out soon. Um, Young Avengers number I think three is like a ten dollar book, maybe. And it's like a second or third appearance of um, Iron Lad, who is a Kane variant. Um, and it's a really good story. Um, and I always find like when you read the books and you, you, you find something that works out for you or you find like a spec, it just leads you to more books to read. You know, it's just and that's kind of what I think that's what um, that's where you really get into. Like you can't find the information on Key Collector. You can't find that information on on YouTube or maybe you can. But, you know, read, read the books, read the insides. Like, the covers are cool and everything, but, like, yeah, I just tell people, like, 
yeah, just like read a book, just like, you know, look into it and like, do like, just kind of do the research, you know? Um, that's kind of what I, I've been trying to do a lot more lately, just reading stuff. Um, I don't really look into investing in the independent stuff, but I like reading it. Like it's like, there's really cool independent books. Like, um, like Donnie Cates is a really good writer. I think he's got really good stuff. Um, I enjoy Jeff Lemire. Um, I think he's a really good writer. Um, but I feel that like if you if you really get into comic book investing or just or like just the hobby, Jeff Lemire book that just came comes out like it can lead you to like oh I wonder what else his other stuff is oh he's got this really cool show that I just got optioned maybe I should invest in that comic book and there's those are like kind of small barriers of entry to get into as well and you don't have to spend a ton of money. Um, I like I said I don't really I don't really speculate on like the independent stuff just because I feel like Netflix could put a show out and then be like, Oh, it's too much. It's too expensive. We'll just, just cancel it after the first season. Right. You know, Jupiter's, uh, with Jupiter's legacy, like that was a great show. Um, and then they cancel it after one season cause it was too expensive to, you know, to, to make. Um, but yeah. And, and I like, like I, I've really gone to like the whole pressing and like, you know, submitting stuff to CGC. It's, it's a nice little hobby on top of my hobby for me and I like doing it. Like there's a couple LCSs I do pressing for that. They just don't have the capacity or like the patience to do it. And, um, they basically give me free, like ratio variants. I got this one, uh, store, um, arcane and they, uh, they, I've, I've even kind of doing like a little like side pressing, like for, uh, they want to get started. They want to get into it. So I, I press a few books for them and, they're like, give me store credit. So again, it's like, you know, a hobby paying for the hobby again. So, um, yeah, you always want those barriers to entry that just, you know, the small barriers to entry, um, to, you know, speculate and invest in comic books. If, if that's your, if that's what you want to do, Which so, is something, yeah, that books, you, man. something that you're getting me at, that I'm going to be getting into because of you. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I got to put some videos out, man, for sure. I'll send you some. Oh, word, word. There is one dude, there is one comic that I would recommend that you guys do get. It's called Briggsland. Uh, my comic book store, he put me onto this like when it first came out. And he was, it was supposed to be adapted to a, um, here's a graded, ver here's a graded version. You can see it. Okay, I lost it. All right, here we go. It was supposed to be adapted into a show for AMC. Mm -hmm. I've heard of it, but yeah. it's not. It never took off. It was a, It was definitely a good story. I got the um, the main story and the Lone Wolf story. It's a short. It's a short-lived series, and I don't know what exactly happened to it. But he would just tell. He was. He told me like, listen, it's gonna be adapted. Grab it. So also with um, something's killing the children, by yeah. uh, James Tinian. That one's that's actually supposed to be getting adapted itself too. So it's like. Right. It's another. Th it's another example of just speculation. Just if you if you yeah. even remotely hear about it, just try to find it and just grab it and just hold on to it. Mm. Yeah, I think also like um, I find myself like at times I'll over speculate. And I'll just buy like just you know it's only three bucks, only four bucks. Well, that adds up a little bit too. Um, so I think sometimes you just kind of like like I've also kind of taken the like well. I got like a lot of debt spec, right? And that's all right. I mean, it's like three or four bucks, you know, like here and there. Um, but, you know, it kind of takes away your concentration from like really good stories or like really good, um, you know, investments or speculation. 
Um, yeah. So I would also say like, don't, you know, don't over, don't over speculate. Don't get, don't make it too hard. Like Knight was saying, like, you know, keep it, keep it simple. Right. Um, and don't overspend. I mean, that's the biggest thing too, man. You, I, I, you can get burned every once in a while, but, um, yeah, it's try not to get burned for sure. Yep. You can, man, you can buy cheap books all day, man. You can buy cheap books all day, invest into those. Like when I started out, I wasn't spending no 200, hundred dollars on on books i was buying three four five dollar books dollar books just cheap books all day every day is all i all i was buying you know if i it was a point where if i went to a comic shop and i spent 20 25 dollars i was like man i just spent a, a lot of money in there you know i probably want to be a little bit more frugal for the rest of the week on, on buying books and then you know that just kind of slowly you know escalated 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 um, probably the number one thing I would tell people though that's new to getting into the hobby, don't spend a lot of money on your pool list. Um, I would say try to keep your pool list as fluid as possible. You know, if you just have a book that you love, a series that you love, and that you just reading it for the story, you know, you're not too much worried about making a profit or flipping off of it. You know, order it pre-FOC get you a discount on it if your local comic shop doesn't give you a discount on ordering books pre-ofoc go on my comic shop they give you like 35 percent off they combine shipping you know pretty cheaply um it's a it's a lot that you can it's a lot that you can do to save money on pre-ordering books now mm-hmm. the reason i say that is because the number one thing i learned is is that news is always constantly changing with comic books um like when they do a lot of these ratio variants, you don't see the art until the last minute. And that can change whether or not you want to order one of a book or a 25 of a book. So you just got to think about that. But if all your money is tied up to a bunch of series like Department of Truth, maybe you, you put it on your pool list for issue number one and you just kept, you know, kept it on your pool list because it's a popular book. And you don't want to miss out on uh, on an issue that might have a first appearance or something. You know, reevaluate that from 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 time to time. You know, try to say, uh, should I keep this book on my pool list? Should I not? Like sometimes, like if I know a book is going to be highly ordered by my comic shop, I just take it off my pool list. What's the point of me having Department of Truth or something that's killing the children on my pool list if I know my shop is going to over order on that book anyways? Right. So the type of stuff that I put on keep on my pool list is something that I would a read if there was no spec value on the book and b something that I would want to have like a ratio variant you know but sometimes you can like kind of leverage your um you can kind of leverage your comic shop and say hey you know I know there's a one to 25 coming out for this book and you know I've been having this book on my pool list before the first issue even even dropped this is one of my favorite characters do you think you can look out for me? A lot of times, if you got a good comic shop, they say, yeah, you know, we was going to order, you know, 25 of that anyway, or we was going to order, you know, 30 of it. Um, you know, if you want to pay, if you want to pay the difference for the ratio, you know, we'll go ahead and order another X amount so we can get up to the ratio, you know, and we'll, and we'll sell you that, sell you that ratio. Just about talking to people and let, like I said, letting them know what your collecting goals are, what you're interested in. There's so many different ways that you can go about collecting, you know, in comic books. 
like one thing about my show cover picks is I feel like we take the guessing out of it and we kind of tell you what to order. And it's so many books. I've only been doing the show 10 weeks and it's so many books that we suggested that you can make a lot of, that you could have made a lot of money on like the Iron Man, um, the Iron Man, uh, Miles Morales 10th anniversary with Miles at the turntable, you know, uh, mm-hmm. acting like a DJ. Uh, you know, if you would have ordered that book pre-FOC, I think that book was probably like $2.50. If you would have ordered it pre-FOC, that book is selling like for, for 15, 20 bucks now. If you would have bought 10, 20 of them, you know, even just sold them on eBay for the quick flip, you will make plenty of money. If you send them in to get graded, you know, I know you would get at least $100 a book, which after shipping and everything, you would still be making like, you know, 60, 70 bucks, you know, per, you know, per book on that, which... It's pretty amazing if you if you think about it. So ordering pre pre FOC ordering stuff in high quantity is really the way that you want to play this game because people are going to people are going to pass up and not order these books. I don't know if it's just laziness, the fear of being wrong, or what it is, but people are going to do this every single FOC cutoff. Um, Last flight out was a was a book that we recommended on our show. And now that book is already going for like ten, fifteen, twenty dollars on the on the secondary secondary market. Um, it's just so many books, you know, that I could just name that will tell people, hey, you might want to order five of these, you might want to order ten of these. Uh, you're gonna get your money back easily. And I, you know, that book drops, and then everybody is complaining online that they wasn't able to secure that book. And it's like this is my whole purpose of doing this show is to show people either a how to make money selling and flipping comic books or B at least you avoid and having to pay secondary market for a book that you might really want because in a sense that's still making you money because instead of going to buy that book off of eBay, you ordered it for $2 and 50 cents before it even came out and you already had your copy secure. You didn't have to worry about it. You didn't have to spend your day running around comic shops looking for a couple of books that are hot. No, it's already coming to your house. UPS, USPS, and you don't have anything to worry about. But, you know, like my my growth on this show has been really slow, and I don't mind it because I know eventually it'll get to where it needs to be. But I see so many guys out there that's just pushing, like, garbage speculation that has thousands of, of viewers. And I'm like, you know what? I would rather have some integrity into the kind of content that I deliver and build up my trust with the community and kind of blow up that way. I could think of like thousands of spec books to push and tell people, oh, this is going to be a future key. Oh, this book is going to go up 10x in price. Oh, this is going to be a great book. Buy it now. Buy it now. And get people excited about books that honestly I really don't know if that book is ever going to amount to anything. But with the way I do my show is I'm giving you books that we all have a chance to buy on at the same price. There is an equal playing field. FOC, anybody can go in. Several sites out there let you order books pre-FOC, get a discount on them. Most of the time, you can order as many of them as you want. We all get the same chance to buy on this book at the same price. It's a level level playing field, and you can do research on these books. You can see who's the head writer on here. What team is on the artwork? Uh, What company is publishing this book? You can read previews about you can read previews about the book. You can kind of look at a writer's history, say like 
has any of his books been optioned before? Like a book I like a lot right now is Dark Blood, uh, which is oh, God, Boom yeah. Studios. <laughs> Boom Studios got a lot of dope books right now. The writer of um, of Dark Blood, Latoya Morgan, she's been on some huge shows. She's written for The Walking Dead, Into the Badlands. She has Hollywood connections. Yeah. If she wants that book to be optioned, that book will get optioned. You can buy, you can still buy to that book super cheap right now. Yep. You can buy to that book super cheap. I have like three copies of the unlockable version. I got one of them in uh in a nine eight. I got that cover. You know, one person one per store book. Um you can buy to that cheap right now. What if that she has a relationship with AMC? What if that book gets optioned for AMC? It's going to be worth more than it's worth right now. Even the cover A's, I've seen worse spec get, you know, books books blow up and never amount to, to anything. This is yeah. actually a good story by a experienced TV writer with connections to Hollywood. But this book is going for a dirt cheap right. This book really isn't doing anything on the secondary market. Why? Because no big name, no big YouTube talking head is talking this book up right now. Yeah. So that's you just have to, you know, you just have to kind of, you just have to kind of be able to see through the fog, see through the the tricks and mirrors, and focus on what on you know on what's really you know on what's really going on. Um, and it, it's kind of a hard it's kind of a hard thing to do because at the end of the day. We all are just speculating, and none of us really know exactly what to buy and what not to buy. But if even if you just want to do this from the sake of, hey, I'm just collecting and I want to have fun, like trying to collect all of the Marvel hip hop variants is not a bad idea. Are people going to stop listening to music anytime soon? No. My daughter still listens to music that was popular when I was a kid. Are people going to stop reading comics anytime soon? I doubt it. You know, as are many, it's not as many people buying and reading comic books as it was in the 80s or 90s, but the market also crashed in the 80s or 90s. The market is more healthy right now, but people are going to read comic books, and those two things correlate. Comics and music, especially through those hip-hop variants, they, they correlate. You know, because one thing I like is, like, finding a hip-hop variant, and I'm not sure which album it is, and I go back to look up, uh, which album is this? I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that album, or I've never heard this album before. Let me go mm-hmm. listen to the album now. It's fun. So I, I don't see that I don't see that, that, that type of investment being a bad investment. You can have fun with it. And if you get the whole set, like a few, like a few lucky people were able to do, that can be a nice little nest egg for you when you get older. You say, you know what? I've enjoyed this collection for a long time. I'm going to go ahead and sell it. You cash out, you get a, a a good lump sum for it, and that's the beauty. That's the beauty of collecting. Hmm. Indeed, and uh, and I, I also have a, a one question for you both. Um, you know, regarding your personal uh, collections, um, is there a holy grail or like a white whale of a of a comic? Like the one, like one particular comic that you've always wanted in your collection, but for some reason or another remains elusive, and you're still, you know, hunting down this particular issue. Um, is there like a some, that 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 gem, that crown jewel that you can say, oh, I want this in my collection, so my collection could be 
just that much sweeter. Uh, is there any anything you can think of um, for a uh, furred bird or? Um, yeah, um, I mean, I, I kind of already have one. It's uh, it's this one. Um, I'll just pull it out real quick. Um, it's Witchblade number ten. Okay. Um, gold foil variant. Mm. I always wanted this book when I was a kid. Uh, the darkness is the first appearance of darkness. Um, and it's autographed by my favorite, um, my favorite artist, Mark Silvestri. He's like my favorite artist of all time. And he wrote the story too. Um, that's kind of like, yeah, that's kind of the one, I guess, grail. Um, and then I would say the other one, just, just because like, I just know it's never going to come about or the rarity and kind of that feel is, uh, probably battle chasers. Number one, uh, the Chrome version. I'd love to get that signed by Madeira in a nine, eight. Um, just cause like, I feel like with grails, it's like, you know, the incredible Hulk 181 is like cool. Cause it's like, obviously it's Wolverine's like first appearance and you know, all that stuff. But like, for me, like the definition of a grail for me is more of like that time where, you know, we're like collecting was such like a big deal to me. And that was like, it. And it takes me back to like that time period when I was like a kid or like, you know, um, you know, I, you know, after school, I'd go to the comic book store and like, I'd ask the dude, Oh, do you have that copy of, you know, darkest number one? And he's like, Oh no. Or I have it, but it's like 30 bucks. I'm like, Oh man, like I have to save my lunch money for it. So it's kind of like, that's the grail for me. Um, but yeah, those are probably the, the, other than the one I have here, yeah, probably probably about Chasers number one, just because it was such a good story. The art was just like so good, and um, but yeah, this was probably the two grails I have. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, man, that is a super tough question. Uh. I probably would say like a Jerkovich, uh, Miles Morales, uh, Ultimate Fallout 4, number one, and then I'm oh, eight. Yeah. But I mean, every, who wouldn't want that book? That's like saying, oh, would you like an amazing Fantasy 15? Yeah, of course I would like an amazing Fantasy 15. Um, man, more. I think like something probably more. I'm not going to say necessarily obscure, but something more that probably a lot of people don't talk about. Because um, I like having different types of books in my collection that you just don't see, you know, every day or that everybody and their mama isn't speculating on or running to tell people to go and go and buy. I think those are like the best types of books to have in your to have in your PC. Um, so probably like a Malibu Sun, um, the the first would take the first appearance of Spawn in print. You know, it's not the first Spawn comic book, but it was like a preview for the first Spawn comic book. To have something like that in a in a nine eight would be, you know, that would be pretty that would be pretty cool. Um, something like uh, that. Um, Man, there's so many, it's so many, op, it's so many options out there, man. Just, it's so many, it's so, that's the thing about comic book collecting, man. 
as soon as you think of one book you want, you're gonna think of ten other ones that you're gonna think of ten other ones that you that you want. But just me, just probably something that's just like super obscure that you don't see that you don't see every you know that you don't see every day or that that, every, that everybody has. Like I can't honestly just sit here and say I got like one or two books in mind because I really haven't been able to like channel down like to exactly what I want my real book to be. So I'm going to kind of opt out on, on that question, but I'm going to just say when I figure it out, it's going to be like something obscure that you don't see every day. You don't see everybody and their mama trying to, trying to, you know, trying to buy like, I would never like, I would probably never want to own like a Hope 181. Like that just would be so yeah. like if, if, you know, like if every comic book collector came into my house and they automatically knew what that book was like, what's the point? But if I can tell you a story behind the book and mm-hmm. or have a collector who's respect to say, man, I've never seen that book in person anymore any before, like that would that like that would be a higher achievement to me than just collecting the book that everybody has or that everybody wants. Mm-hmm. I meant Freddie, I meant to ask you, didn't Darkness have like an action figure, like uh, a Toy Biz action figure or something like that? Um I don't I I think I think so because like it makes sense because Sylvester is like I mean he, everyone talks about Todd Father right and like Liefeld like for me it was always Sylvester but like from what I like watched and read like him and McFarlane were pretty tight you know because I mean they're they're co-founders of of Image so I would I, I think they do he he had a video game for a, a while um, but no I I haven't I don't I don't think I've, I've I've seen like a Christmas ornament. <laughs> Close thing I've seen, I'm but I haven't actually I seen like a, Darkness had a had a had an action figure, man. I, I just loved that. Um, Garth Ennis was one of my favorite, or is one of my favorite writers too. He wrote the boy, or yeah, the boys. Um, but that was the first Garth Ennis book I ever read, and man, his comedy is just like stupid funny, man. And Preacher is like another good, a good Garth Ennis book. I like um, his Punisher uh, run as well. Yeah, see, I yeah, his Punisher run was filthy. Yeah. I knew I wasn't tripping. Darkness had a, a action figure. Yep. Yeah. See, man, he's cool, man. He's a cool character. The mafia. Yeah, he, yeah, him. he's a he's a cool character, man. And I want to yeah. say that I want to say this action figure goes for a little bit of money, or I know it at least it used to when I was in the um, when I was in the collecting action figures. I know this. Yeah. I know this figure used to. Uh, it was from that legendary uh, hero series. Okay. Yeah, I know that Darkness yeah, yeah. was also uh, adapted into a video game uh, for the PS3 and uh, yeah, yeah, Xbox uh, 360. There were two uh, two games in the series. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I I would I can never imagine I can never imagine Darkness being like adapted to like you know live action just because like the character is just so I mean that CGI would be crazy. Oh. It 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 it'd be just as crazy as 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 a spawn, if not worse. Yeah, see, um, I mean, but CGI's came a long way. I know. I, I, I mean, just like price-wise, you know what I mean? It just to be really expensive to, to to develop or whatever. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, um, also shifting gears just a bit. Um, we do have a, a game that we like to play with with, with our with our guests, um, and this is actually a feature um, that's uh, taken that I'm borrowing from one of my favorite podcasts, uh, Jamel Hill is Unbothered. And she plays a game with her guests called This or That. 
in which I give you uh, two choices, and you can only pick one. So right. there's no no okay. no fence sitting, you know, no neither. You you gotta pick one. Um, all right. All right. So these are all uh, like comic book based. So we'll we'll begin we'll begin broadly. Uh, in terms of brands, Marvel or DC? Oh, Marvel. 100%. That's not even a question. See, that's, okay. that's why he's my guy. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, y'all did mention Dark Blood. It's because yeah. of y'all two that I'm a fan of that comic. Really? Oh, yeah. You posted it. <laughs> Ferd posted it. Ninth <laughs> commented it. And I was like, all right, I got to have this. And I've been right. happy ever since. Okay, good, good, good. Cause you know I'm gonna send you one if you don't got a copy. <laughs> no, no, I actually got yeah, I actually got two of the. Uh, I do got the variant that ninth have, and then I end up getting the uh, A cover as well. Cool. So I'm yeah, I'm straight, I'm straight with that one. I know who I know who to come to if I need some stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I'm you know what I own more Marvel books, but honestly, I'm gonna say DC. DC has better characters than Marvel. It's just. As far as the IP, DC just doesn't have anyone spearheading and making all the decisions that can lead those properties into the right direction. So mm -hmm. one of my best investment strategies right now is buy DC while everybody is down on it because you can get it for dirt cheap and then mm -hmm. just wait for it to come back up. And you're going to make a lot of money because if you think about it, um, if you go back, let's say, 15 years. That's about how long the MCU's been around, right? About 15 years? When those Batman, uh, when the Dark Knight series was out, right. nobody was talking about Marvel. Everything was Dark Knight, Dark Knight, Dark Knight, Dark Knight. So, yeah. it's, it's crazy how things can easily flip, you know? So, my advice would be to just don't get too love drunk over Marvel still put some respect on DC's name because they have two of the biggest comic book characters of all time in Batman and Superman but it's funny because a lot of their lack of success comes from being too dependent on Batman and Superman when in reality they should be leaning into some of their lesser known characters um, which will be a better will be a better uh, investment for for them as a company, but once they figure that out, I feel like they'll see a lot more success. Right. All right. Uh, Dark Horse or Image? Oh, Image. Image. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Image has more, like, better characters. Has more better original characters, I would say. Okay. So Dark Horse has his fair share of hits, but... Oh, yeah, I would have to give Image the uh, upper hand, especially, you know, with titles like Spawn, Walking Dead, Savage Dragon, and all those uh, Young Bloods, you know, for, you know, those, uh, yeah, those type I, of properties. Yeah, I think Image and also they, they, they've always consistently given their writers and artists that freedom, um, almost, almost to a fault. I think sometimes they kind of go crazy, but, I mean, that's kind of what they're what their pitch is, you know, like we're, we think outside the box, we're more original, um, with our, with our ideas, um, which is why I pick image over dark horse. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I would have to say Image too, man. But you know, don't don't sleep on Dark Horse. But yeah, Image, man, definitely. Um, they just got they just got a Image. They just got a lot going. You know, I got a lot going for them. You know, it's, it's it's Dark Horse. Not a bad not a bad publisher at all. But you know, Image just has so much going on for them right now, and I don't feel like Dark Dark Horse has that same buzz. Right. Yeah. Uh, Frank Miller or Alan Moore? Oh, Alan Moore. I know. It's a tough one, but Alan Moore, man. Like, uh, Miracle Man? Forget mm. about it, dude. That's like the yeah. most savage book I've ever read in my life. Yeah. Uh, the Watchmen. I mean, what more can you say? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go Frank Miller on this one. Frank Miller? Okay. All right. Uh, Grant Morrison or Neil Gaiman? Neil Gaiman. Uh, yeah, Neil Gaiman, man. Neil Gaiman. Read that, read yeah, that Eternal. Just... Really done for comic books. Hmm. Yeah, I see Neil, Neil Gaiman as well. I don't. I haven't. I I used to read Grant Morrison, but I've read more Neil Gaiman. So, just out of personal, yeah, I'd say Neil Gaiman. Yeah. And plus, uh, I'm I'm a huge fan of the Sandman series as well. So. Yeah, I gotta read that. I never read that when I was a kid, and I need to read that now for adapted. sure. I'm surprised that one hasn't been adapted yet. It's, uh, it think, is. Yeah, it, it is. is. It is. They're, they're, they're filming. I think they might yeah. be done filming the, the show. I think it's for Netflix, yeah. I believe. Well, damn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Robert Kirkman or Todd McFarlane? Todd. Wait. As far as writing? Yeah. Kirkman. Kirkman, yes. McFarlane is a great artist, but uh, Kirkman is a far better writer than McFarlane is an artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough. I, I I would say Kirkman. Yeah, obviously as the writer, because uh, all the stuff he puts out is just great. Um, but Mc, what McFarlane did for like comic books and the industry, yeah, and writers. I mean, that, on, on like a whole, but like, but yeah. So sorry, I messed it up. Kirkman. No, yeah, no, I saw, I saw exactly what you're getting. Like Tom and Fran yeah. basically is the next Stanley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could, you, you know, I won't argue with that. Uh, Christopher Priest or Brian K. Vaughn? Yeah, an asshole for that one. Man. <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. I guess I'll go with BKV. Okay, come on. K. Vaughn, yeah, for me. Okay, got two for two for the writer of Saga. BKV, because even though like Christopher Priest is doing his Vampirella work, he's only known for Black Panther, whereas BKV has like has Saga and Runaways. Mm-hmm. And some other properties that he has going on. Yeah, yeah. BKV has the edge. Okay. Slight edge, but the edge. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that was a hard one. Yeah. Here's another one. Uh, Garth Ennis or Mike Mignola? Oh, Garth, Garth Ennis, Ennis. All the way. All the way. Yeah, Garth Ennis. Hmm. Yeah, Garth. Yeah. I personally go with Mike Mignola, but that's just me. Uh, yeah. All right. Um, House of M or Civil War? The comics. Uh, House of M for me. That that 
that is just such a different story. Yeah, I can never is. even like, you know, and it, 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 it began perfect and ended perfectly. You know what I mean? It wasn't like no, for me at least, there was no spillover. There was no like, you know, no questions answered or like it didn't drag on. It was just a perfect like one through eight like series for me at least. I could read over and over again for sure. Definitely uh, House of M. And it's going to be interesting to see if they do House of M in the Marvel Universe. Uh, I know I've seen some people say they should do a reverse House of M and have Wanda, instead of saying no more mutants, maybe have her say something, you know, like more people like me. And it spawns a whole bunch of mutants, you know. That would be like a dope way to flip, you know, that story, I, I personally think. I mean, there was some sprinkles and Wanda sprinkles of it in WandaVision. Yeah, just like a quick uh, little man. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, House of M. I couldn't put that one down. Okay. All right, House of M. Uh, all right. Oh, looking at two movies here, uh, two of uh, Marvel's latest releases, uh, Shang Chi or Black Widow. Shang Chi. Yeah. Don't yeah. You're kind of biased on that one first. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, Shang-Chi was... Yeah, Shang-Chi, because Black Widow was a movie that we didn't need, but we're glad that we got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. But it's yeah. like... Respect. Whereas, like, Shang-Chi, you... what it, it was... It was a hit out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like, this was, like I said earlier, he was like an E-list hero. And the way yeah. that that movie was portrayed, yeah, would just gave us something like I'm. We're looking for like we want more. Mm-hmm. The audience wants more now. Okay. Yeah, I'll I'll go like a little personal for me. Um, I saw that movie and like um, my mom passed away a couple years ago, and so like, like it, it hit me like a little bit. Like I felt right. that like um, you know how he lost his mom and like she was a stronger. I mean she to me she was a stronger one of the two parents. You know what I mean and. That's how kind of my mom was for me. So, right. other than like it being just an amazing story or whatever, it hit me. It hit me on a personal level as well. So, uh, yeah, for sure. All right. And Ninth Wonder, uh, did, uh, did you uh, pick one? Yeah, I said uh, Shang Chi. Mm-hmm. Um, I love when Marvel goes into like not necessarily new. It's not like a new universe, but it's a new world. You know, um, mm-hmm. they kind of going. You know, overseas to you know to age to the Asian to Asian Asia continent. Um, they introduce a new characters. They introduce a new family, a new organization. Uh, which Black Widow kind of did the same thing, going back to Russia and the Red Room and all of that. And now it looks like um, you know they were still gonna have you know the 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 um, that you know that program or a version of that program going on, which is pretty which is pretty cool. And it's just like a lot, so many, the world building in Marvel, I think for as much as I do feel like Marvel is a little bit overhyped, the world building has been amazing so far. Like, it's so many different factions and forces, you know, from Wakanda. Now you got the Ten Rings organization. Yeah. You got the the Red Room. Uh, you know, when uh, Doom comes in, and you have Latveria and... You know, you got the cos the different cosmic entities out there. Um, it's just a lot. It's a lot going on. You know, like just think about it. We haven't even got the Nova Corps yet. Yeah. 
Well, kind of. Oh, yeah. Kind of. I mean, they were we introducing like Guardians. Minus, we got a very minuscule taste of it. They right. haven't even began to go deep as they could possibly as they could possibly go go with that. Um, they could do a whole Nova Corps movie if they wanted to. They could do a whole Nova Corps Disney Plus show if they wanted to. Like we haven't even even you know we've seen a lot in the MCU, but we haven't even really began began to crack the surface. The surface and, no. A movie like Shane Chi proves that, right? Mm-hmm. Right, and they take ch- and they took chances. Yeah, big time. Yeah, all right. See, I got I got four more here. Uh, let's see, this uh, Suicide the the Suicide Squad DC movies, or Zack Snyder's Justice League. Oh, oh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. I'll do it. Right. Uh, yeah, I'd say Justice League. Yeah, just cause, yeah, Justice League. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the Suicide Squad. Okay. You know, he, you know, James Gunn was able to tell a complete story, and we didn't have to sit through half a workshop for it. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, okay. Uh, looking at uh, characters now, uh, Captain Marvel. Or Green Lantern? Green Lantern. Yeah, I say say Green Lantern. Yeah, yeah. Which one? Hal Jordan. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Hal Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That was an easy one. Next (laughs) one. uh, Green Arrow or Hawkeye? Hawkeye. Hawkeye. I gotta go with Green Arrow. You would. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Green Arrow. That man, the first couple of seasons of that Green Arrow CW show was it was pretty, pretty legendary, man. That's yeah, what's carrying DC anyway. <laughs> it kind of like that show kind of opened up the door for superhero TV shows to be a thing again. You know, like, we asked what, Smallville before that? Was maybe, like, the last big TV show? Like, Green Arrow's success kind of opened up the door for these for these networks to start investing into comic book content, you know, on a regular, you know, on a regular basis. Well, I'm going to say more superhero because, of course, I think Walking Dead maybe came before Arrow. But, you know, that's kind of a different... That's not superheroes. Right. Superheroes are kind of hard to put on TV. Um, but they kind of opened that door up. And for as much trash as people talk about DC, something is to be said that they keep pumping out the CW shows. Um, and the ratings stay, you know, at a certain at a certain level, you know, because if nobody was watching it, they wouldn't be investing in the way they would just do. They would find something yeah. else to spend to spend money on. I and like I don't necessarily agree with the way DC can they use that platform sometimes. Sometimes I think I, what I think the optimal thing would be is you find an actor, young and upcoming actor that can play the role of a character. You introduce them in a season or two of that CW show. Then you graduate them to the movies. That should be they they formula every time. You introduce them to a general audience to a general audience, season or two, 
sell the, the two seasons to Netflix so it can reach a wider audience. A few years after that, you set up with the movie. That's simple. The, the, see, really, DC just hired me, and I had this stuff Because <laughs> it, it, to me, it's simple. You already got the network with CW. People already watching the shows. Like, my wife watch all the CW shows. You're teaching people, like, that's not for people like us. We already know who the characters are. You introduce them to somebody new. Yeah. Learn who the characters are. When they, and you keep that same actor. When they see them in the movie, they already know what it is. Mm-hmm. And they know, oh, should I go see this or not? Who is who is Naomi? You already introduced her in the TV show. Right. Then you go yep. and put her, you can go and put her in the, you go and put her in the movie. And, yeah. you know, do it, you know, do it, do it like that, man. It's not, you don't gotta, you don't gotta try to galaxy brain it and do some of the, the crazy stuff that DC has done so far, you know. And now it just seems like a uh, director comes to them with an idea for a property that they would like, and DC either gives them the green light or the red light on producing the property, mm-hmm. and then they worry about trying to make those movies fit in together after the point. That's just, right. just not working. Yeah. And uh, last one here. This one's a three-way. Uh, WandaVision, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, or Loki? I'm going to go with Loki because of the importance of it. I'm going I'm to go with uh, uh, Hawkeye Winter Soldier just because I like the, like the storyline. I like the introduction of like the like very small introduction of minor characters that could or characters that could be part of the future MCU. Um, and just the story was cool, man. Okay. Tough decision, but I'm gonna go with uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier just because I felt like that was the 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 becoming of Sam Wilson. And if you think about it, Cap was such an important part of the MCU for the longest. Like Cap was that dude, man. Like Cap was Cap was everything. And now we got Sam we got Sam Wilson. And it's gonna be very interesting to see how he handles being Captain America being that he doesn't have the super soldier serum running through him, you know. Um and he has to be a different type of Captain America. So just like the reinvention of that character. And most people, when they think about that changing of the guard, they only think about the race in it. You're not even thinking about the logistics of it. We're going from a super soldier cap to a, a guy that's just like you and I. So they're going to have to change completely his role within the Avengers, you know, his role within the greater, M- the greater MCU. And it's going to be a different type of character, but, you know, it's still Captain America. He still has that mantle, and, you know, he's going to represent what Cap, you know, has and should always, you know, stand for, which is going to be a really dope idea. You know, kind of like, I liked Loki, but pretty much that whole show was just to set up Kang. Like, when you just kind of boil it down, it's like, okay, that was just to set up Kang. Uh, when you look at WandaVision, that was just to set up you know, the multiverse of, of madness. But Falcon and Winter Soldier, it sets up so much more than that. It sets up so much more than that. And I think in that book, and I think in that show, we got more 
kind of a view of what was what's been going on in the world since the um since the the snap. Yeah. So in Loki, we really didn't see that because he was stuck in the TVA, and he was just going back through different you know through different timelines. And Wanda, we didn't really see that because they were stuck in the bubble. So we didn't really, you know, we didn't, we saw like small glimpses of, you know, how the five years affected, you know, stuff, but we saw so much more of that in, in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, so that, that that's why I'm going with that. I just think it was more of a revealing uh, show, show than the other two were. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, me personally, I, I go I go for uh, WandaVision. Uh, I thought I thought it was the most uh, I thought it was the best of the three uh, MCU series that we got so far. Um, Falcon, Falcon and Winter Soldier is a close second. Um, Loki Loki did it, it did have a disappointing ending, at least for me, in the sense that it just felt like just set up for a multiverse for the yeah. whole multiverse arc that we're gonna see. It felt it, it felt like yeah. an extended commercial in a way because I because I expected like a complete season and then 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 we get a teaser then oh lol jk he's gonna come back for season two it's like all right whatever fine fine yeah <laughs> but but yeah but, but yeah that's just that's just uh, uh my take on it anyway but uh yeah that's that's all i got on my end uh carl unless you had some other bits and bobs for uh, one one quick announcement before we do head up uh before we do head out um i didn't even tell you this so just that just goes to show how much uh Communication is between is between us two, but uh, we got a proof of press passes. So, oh okay, for Rhode Island Comic Con coming up in uh, November. Oh, oh cool. So, nice. uh, any everybody who's watching, anybody who you know, you look into the Rhode Island Comic Con website, y'all looking to see who you want us to interview. We going for it because I already know there's one that you're gonna be like, okay, we got it, we gotta do this, we gotta do this. Who is it? Giancarlo Esposito. Oh yeah, oh, absolutely. Oh, he was he was in Seattle earlier, and I I missed the signing, man. Really? I was so upset. Oh okay. That's cool. That's filthy. Yeah, I would yeah. love to interview Bugging Out slash Gus Fring from Breaking Bad. He is Mock Gideon now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's one of my favorite actors, man. Like I'm somebody I saw uh, somebody did like a um like a fan art of him as um. The old Miles Morales and man it was so dope, man. It's it so dope, and I could definitely see him playing playing that role too. I could but, see it too, know, that's, especially that's when they did that. We would never see, but you know, it's still yeah. like a dope idea. Well, wasn't he in Colors too, like back in the day? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Yeah. All right. Spring, baby. Oh yeah, <laughs> I love Rick. Yeah, best man. I want some of that chicken, man. For sure. <laughs> I bet it was pretty. I bet that chicken was good. I'm a, I'm oh huge, my god! I'm a huge Breaking Breaking Bad and Better Call Better Call Saul fan. So. Better Call Saul, yeah, it's a good good shows, good shows. Mm-hmm. All right. Sorry, never watched. <laughs> I never got. I never <laughs> watched Breaking Bad. I know. I know. I know. Oh, you gotta watch it, man. You gotta watch. You gotta watch it. Just yeah. for Gus Fring alone, man, he was like definitely he was up there with. You want to talk about badasses, man? He was up there with. With some of the baddest badasses, man. Like Gus Fring yeah. was was an animal. Yes, he was. But uh, but yeah, uh, gentlemen. Um, yeah. Once again, uh, uh, Fur Furbird, uh, Ninth Wonder. Thank you all so much for joining us uh, tonight's episode. 
Uh, yeah, before we before we get on out of here, uh, please tell the good people where they can find y'all. Uh, well, for me, I don't have a bigger presence as Ninth Wonder, but uh, just check out my Instagram, Birdbird the Nerd. Um, I just post out, you know, stuff I pickups I get from the from the stores around me, uh, pickups from whatnot sales, um, and just kind of my pressing videos. Uh, I, I press a lot of comic books for myself and for the community. And if, if you need a if you need a comic book to get pressed, just reach out to me. Um, my turnaround times are pretty quick, um, and I'm pretty cheap. So uh, yeah, nice, awesome. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, my handle is at the ninth wonder. That's T H A, the number nine T H W O N D E R. Uh, I have a show on YouTube. You can search me that same handle, the ninth wonder, uh, on YouTube. I have a show called Cover Picks that comes out comes out every Wednesday at seven p.m. Uh, it's a live show, so you can join us live while me and my co-host uh, draft. It's like a comic book draft. So we draft the comic books that's on FOC uh, for the week, and that kind of gives you an idea of what you should be prioritizing to spend your money on, um, you know, before these books hit, hit FOC so you can get them at the cheapest possible price. I love FOC ordering because you get to get all the books before they, you know, you get to make your order before they hit the shelves at cheaper than what they're going to be at cover price. Like, that's just easy money, man. Easy money. Like, everybody, Already, should, everybody should be doing it. Already subscribed, brother. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'll say this, too, uh, for Ninth Wonder's um, um, show. It's it's pretty cool, like, because, like, for me, I don't really, like, have a good insight on newer, like, covers. Or, like, I know stories pretty well, but, like, the covers that he shows on his show, um, it's really good information. Um, and it's it's the way they do the show, they lay it out really well and, and they make it fun, obviously, but the information is just like, it's really good info and they do a really good presentation of it. Um, I try and watch every week just to get like a glimpse of what new covers are coming out. Um, it's just a really good show. Yeah. And it'll save you a lot of time from reading previews and, and all of that, man. Like it's a yeah. resource for real. And that's like one of the things I said when I started my YouTube channel, I want it to be more informational like, hey, mm-hmm. we're giving you news you can use. We're not trying to tell you to go out and buy 100 copies of Jessica Jones, number one, press them and send them to CGC, and it's going to be worth a million dollars. We're not doing all of that. We're just telling you, hey, you got a chance to go and buy these books pre-FOC. You don't have to be a speculator. You don't have to be into getting books graded, even if you just want to like, know a good story that's coming out that you might be able to get into. Uh, a hot cover. If you're somebody that only buys comic books for the art, you know, we're showing you some of the best covers that's coming out. Like it's a show that's truly for everybody. It don't matter if you just got into collecting yesterday or if you've been into collecting for years, it's a show that's truly for everyone because not everyone sees everything, you know? And that's why I teamed up with two guys that view the comic book game very differently than I do so that you, we can have, a variety of opinions. Um, and not only that, I'm going to start bringing guests onto the show just to keep it fresh and just to have those new opinions and new thoughts on the show. And then also we're going to start doing special shows. Like we're going to do a, um, uh, and Carl might have to come on the show for this. And I'm going to do a, 
hip hop variant draft. We're gonna draft. Oh, damn. I, yeah, I think it's gonna be like the top. Um, I was gonna go sixty, but I'm just sixty might be too long. So we probably end up doing like the top thirty um, hip hop variants. Um, you know, and so it'll be a draft. Everybody that's participating will get to submit five books that they want to go into the draft pool. And then when we actually do the draft, the draft order is randomized. And, you know, it's kind of like a competition to see who can build the best collection of hip-hop variants. And after everybody is done drafting, the audience will kind of give their opinions on who they think did the best, you know, within the draft. And then I always put little pitfalls along the way, like uh, little, little, uh, little, we call them wild cards. So, like, maybe... Um, you, one week I did something called Switch, where you can choose one of your books to switch out for somebody else's pick. You know, little things like that just to kind of keep it random, fun, and sporadic. So if you don't know about my show, if you never checked it out, uh, go and check it out. Me and uh, Bad Boy Nerd and uh, Dark Evolution Comics do it every week. It's a lot of fun. And I think once we start doing like these... Uh, like the hip hop variant list. Um, I have another one coming up, uh, a special cover pick show for holiday books. So like Halloween books and uh, Christmas books, mm-hmm. um, you know, things of that nature. Cause I think those are really slept on. And I think that that's something that could help kind of push the price of some books up in the secondary market is, you know, pointing out, you know, some dope covers for, um, holiday books, or maybe this is this certain certain character's first um, holiday theme book. I think that type of stuff is important and the type of information that people would like to know. Because if you think right now, if you try to go look up all of the different holiday books, it would take you forever, man. It would take you forever. Yeah. But if you had a way to consume all of that information and somebody to feed it to you you would probably be more likely to go out and buy a couple of um, holiday books. Like Moon Girl has a holiday book that's within her first, you know, within her first run of comic books that nobody is really talking about. And I think once people realize that she has a holiday themed book in there, I feel like that book is going to go, is going to go up in, in value over the next couple of months. So they said little things like that is what I'm doing on the show. It's not like a huge speculation show. Uh, it's just more so a very informational show that I believe a lot in. And I think anybody that checks it out will agree that, hey, this guy's got something going on with this with this show. So, But I just want to thank you fellas for having me on. Uh, it was a blast hanging out with y'all and, and talking comics. And I'm down for coming back, you know, any anytime uh, to help support, you know, the, the, the show and the podcast y'all got going on here. Oh, you're more than welcome. Like I said, you already I already subscribed to you, so and I'm looking and let just let me know. Just let me know the time and the place and I will be on that yeah, show. Yeah, we we're gonna get you, you look, anybody that has basically every hip hop variant, I can't do that and not have you on the yeah, yeah. for that for that show. That would be disres- disrespectful. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I am looking forward to it. Uh, yes, please, please, just let me know. I'm there. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, Ferber, did you have a, uh, anything? Oh, yeah. Um, I, I just thought of something earlier, too. Um, uh, you, we were talking about Grails earlier. Um, how could I forget? Like, I was a Ninja Turtle fan, like, forever. So, T- TMNT1, man, whatever print, 
fairly first print is definitely my grail for sure. Um, and just kind of reiterate what uh, Nice Wonder said. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show, guys. Um, this was a lot of fun. Um, I I I love this community. It's 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 cool. To like you know, like to um, to like like someone's like page and like you know comment and stuff. Like even direct messaging is cool. But like to you know talk to you guys and just like you know, have a positive kind of like community to talk about just stuff that like you know interests me and my passion and stuff. And finally get to meet Nice Wonder. Like you know via Zoom or whatever. Maybe one day we'll meet up, like, you know, in person on one of these cons or whatever, or Carl and Victor. But uh, um, it's just cool to, to just, like, chop shop. And, um, yeah, thanks again for having me on the show. It was a, this is a ton of fun. This is my first podcast, so I was I was a little nervous. But, man, you guys were you guys were hella chill and all. It was super cool. So if you're all over in Seattle, man, like, drinks on me, man. Word. I'll take you out for sure. <laughs> oh, thank just you. let me know, man. Just let me know. <laughs> yeah, thank you, man. We appreciate it. And yeah. uh, and also just to wrap up, um, you know we can you can find all of our episodes on Facebook. Uh, we're 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 live every Tuesday evening, 7 p.m. Oh, oh, 8 p.m. Eastern rather. Um, we're also on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes. We can hit us up with a five star review. Um, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find our show. Um, we're also on Twitter at Codex Prime Cast and Instagram at Codex Prime Podcast. There you go. And also you can get our merch at Crafty Canto Cuts. Just hit her up. And you hit her up. Anything Codex Prime you need, she got you. Absolutely. So, yeah, uh, that about wraps it up for this week's episode of uh, the Codex Prime Podcast. Once again, Ferd Bird the Nerd, the Ninth Wonder, thank you all so much for joining us. Um, as always, uh, uh, you, you can catch us every week. We're just going to nerd out as per usual. Um, And as always, we will catch you on the flip. Peace out, nerds. Later. All right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Hold on. Okay. Okay. All right. Ninth is off. All right. All right. And we're off. We're off the air. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah, anytime. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, I mean, like... I mean, yeah, whatever you guys want to buy me back, like, I'm down for sure, man. So, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah, we we would definitely let you know. Trust me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I I, I got Carl's address, but Victor, man, if you want any books, just let me know. I got got stuff, man. I could send you some good stuff. If you just want a good read, I could send you out something, man. Oh, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll send you my address as well. Okay, okay, cool. All right, take care, guys. All right, take care, man. All right, see ya. All right, peace.